I'm David Berlin, Editor-in-Chief of Blockchain Journal. Today is September 14th, 2023, and I'm coming to you from Cambridge, Massachusetts, where there's a Web3 event taking place, and I've had an opportunity to network with Alex Smart. Alex, you are the CEO of a company called Moon Inc., right? That's correct, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, so, Moon Inc., first of all, let's go over the spelling because it's not spelled the way uh, you would think it is. Like, I'm thinking M-O-O-N, but it's right. not that, so. That's absolutely right. So, uh, Moon is, spe we spell it M-U-K-N. It's short for mutual knowledge, um, and it's uh, part of our, our philosophy and thought about man, blockchain Web3 technology is these ideas of mutual knowledge being in a, a helpful way and a helpful um, piece of what the space can do and, and create. Okay, so you guys have been around for how long and where are you based? And so we are a, a fully decentralized team. Uh, we're spread all over, but um, we are formally organized in, in, in Delaware and our headquarters are in Miami, but I'm based here in Boston and our team's all over the place. Yeah, spread out just like Blockchain Journal is because all of our people are scattered around the world. Yeah. So uh, you're here for this event. You're going to speak about what it is Moon Inc. does. It's enterprisey, which is what Blockchain Journal likes to cover. So why don't you talk a little bit about what your goals are? Absolutely. So I'm here today to talk about uh, Moon and our newest project. So Moon is a startup studio, and our most uh, our recent launch is called Web3 Enabler. And it is a, a company and, and it's an app uh, that is available now in the Salesforce App Exchange that enables Salesforce companies to make and receive payments using cryptocurrency. For those people who don't know what Salesforce is, let's start there. What's Salesforce? All right, Salesforce is the largest uh, customer relationship management software provider in the world. And they have a huge portion of the market. I think it's the slides in my deck, but off the top of my head, 22.6%, but it's multiples of the closest competition. Um, their marketplace is a $44 billion a year market, and it is used by a huge number of enterprises around the world to manage their relationships with their customers. Then you mentioned App Exchange, so that's probably something that's part of Salesforce. Let's talk about what that is. Absolutely. So, uh, like a lot of other um, software platforms, Salesforce has apps that you can use to add certain functionalities into your into your system. So, if you're selling cars and you use Salesforce, you can use things to track VINs or whatever. And what we're providing is a way for companies that are using Salesforce to add the ability to, like I said, make and receive payments with cryptocurrencies in their Salesforce instances. So AppExchange is basically a marketplace where the customers of Salesforce can go and enhance their Salesforce by plugging in software and other solutions from third parties like Moon Inc. And uh, you're providing some sort of plugin that helps them manage their cryptocurrency payment. That's exactly right. So you can go into their app exchange just like you would Apple's App Store, and you can add things to your Salesforce that are useful and helpful to your company. And our app, uh, Web3 Enabler, allows companies to add the ability to make and receive payments with, with cryptocurrency. There are other companies out there that are on the market that are already helping small companies, enterprises manage their cryptocurrency payments, if they so choose. Not every company takes cryptocurrencies, but the ones that have decided to do that, and there are quite a few in the enterprise space, global brands, they are turning to some of these other solutions. What sets Moon Inc. apart from those? That's a great question, David. I think there's really a couple of things that set us apart. 
One is that the way we've been able to implement this uh, in Salesforce means that uh, companies don't have to train their entire team on Web3 technology and wallets. It works natively in Salesforce. It's as easy as clicking um, that you want to make do a transaction in Canadian dollars, for example, instead of US dollars. Um, and the other one that we're proud of is uh, our roots are, are deep in blockchain technology and decentralized systems. And, um, and also, as a lawyer, by training, I'm happy with this as well. We don't actually handle the payments ourselves. We enable the Salesforce companies to connect directly with their customers and interact directly peer-to-peer -to, -peer to do these sales. We just observe the wallets and see how the, that the transactions are made and, connect those, can, and can connect those to invoicing and other payment structures. So um, we keep that part of the Web3 ethos of you controlling the keys tightly and keeping those where you want them secured, um, not having to hand that over inappropriately. Um, and have it so that you know your sales team doesn't have to become experts in, in security and encryption. They can just do their jobs the way they always have, but they have these other payment channels available. This is actually an evolving space right now in the blockchain industry because if you look around, you'll see a variety of providers getting involved in the integration of blockchain as a financial rail with existing enterprise back office systems. So. I'm thinking of the way SAP just recently launched Digital Currency Hub to bridge blockchain activity into the SAP ERP systems and their other back office systems. Bitwave also integrates with back office systems like NetSuite. We interviewed them earlier this year. And so basically what we're seeing now is like this kind of necessary step in the evolution of the blockchain industry where this activity, cryptocurrency transactions, blockchain activity, has been living somewhat separate from the enterprise back office systems. Now we're starting to see that connectivity show up and bring it in. So whereas those companies have decided to work with somebody like a NetSuite or a back office accounting system or ERP, you guys are working with CRM. Why did you make that choice? That's a great question. You know, the reason we wanted to go with CRM has, there's a couple of, of pieces to it. Um, First, we think that the CRM space is one where there are a lot of use cases that are, that are helped out by this. Um, but um, another piece of it that we like is that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a lawyer by training. And so like- I'm sorry to hear that, but go ahead. It is. <laughs> we won't hold that against you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I often describe myself as a recovering lawyer for that very reason. <laughs> by the way, it's an interesting time to be a lawyer because of all of the, you know, the shifting landscape on the regulatory front. You have to be a lawyer to kind of make sense of it and know how to adjust your company's strategy according to that. Absolutely, and, and that's actually one of the reasons the CRM is the right place for us, right? Like, we wanted to be in CRM because um, with the shifting standards and accounting and guidance and, and even legal rules around what is acceptable and not, um, we are able to build a lot of flexibility for our customers in, and we don't have to make those decisions while the policies are still so unsettled. Some of the other systems, ERP systems and some of those things are, are more demanding of the policy decisions, are forcing policy decisions to be made already. And that's a strategy they can adopt. But I don't, you know, if, if that's fine, but we wanted to be able to maintain the flexibility. And we expect that as regulation comes further along and matures, a lot of these standards are gonna start shaking out and you're gonna start seeing norms adopted, you know? Like, it wasn't at the first day the New York Stock Exchange opened that like pricing at the closing bell of the stock exchange became a standard, right? That evolved over time. 
and we've got these new markets that are open all the time, and how do you set price? Which market, which exchange do you go with? Decentralized, centralized? How do you pick a time to, there's a whole bunch of policy decisions to be made there. Too many for us to be making for our customers. They're, depart they're the ones who are best suited to know what kind of transactions they're undertaking and what they need from their accounting to appropriately report what they need to. To help an existing Salesforce customer understand exactly what the workflow looks like, what's an example of something that they are doing with Salesforce today where they might acquire your solution and then how does their workflow change as a result of having your work, work your solution in their workflow. Like, what's the, what are the steps here? So, uh, the thing that I'm one of the things I'm most proud about with Web3 Enabler is that their workflow doesn't change very much at all. Um, essentially, they're able to integrate into the workflow that they would already use. So, just the same way that your your people might be used to sharing a, a QR code to get or a bank account number we are able to um, have the wallet connected into your Salesforce instance in such a way that they click a link, a QR code comes, they can send that to the customer, the customer connects that to their wallet, and they're ready to go. And it's really as simple as toggling a couple of links for the salesperson to say, oh, which currency am I going to use? I choose that one, and then everything else is automatic. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of our demo is how anticlimactic it is for Salesforce people. They look at it and like, well, it just looks like a transaction. We're like, yes. That's the whole point. It just looks like a regular transaction. Okay, well, Alex Smart, CEO of Moon Inc., thanks very much for joining us here on the Blockchain Journal podcast. Thanks a bunch, David.